Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hi. Hi there, Wrestling Daily gang. How are you? This is Alex McCarthy. That's that's SP3. I always get the angles wrong on this show. We are delighted to welcome you to the Daily Boys right here on the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel. SP3, how are you, man? I'm doing wonderful. We are back on a Wednesday. It is me. It is me, your true hill phenom, SP3, back in the saddle again with my brother from an Irish mother, the one, the only, the man that you throw to the ropes and he comes right back, Irish whip. Yeah, you don't want to whip me. That's the last thing you want to do is shoot me to the ropes. I'll tell you that for nothing, brother, brother. But uh, being that this is the bite-sized edition these days of Wrestling Daily, let's jump into that titular news right away. For all of you lovely viewers that have joined us, it's, of course, Chris Jericho talking about somebody eventually ending up in AEW. Now, normally when there's these thumbnails and there's silhouettes, you think, oh, you know, I could probably guess who that is. There are a ton of guys who will probably end up in AEW. Uh, Which one is he talking about in particular, SP3? Well, speaking on Reinvented with uh, Jen Inkhart, uh, he talked about one, the only, the former, or should I say the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay. Uh, Jericho said, and I quote, I love to see Will in AEW. I actually called him way, way back when we first uh, started out to see what kind of interest he had. I think there are a lot of guys that want to work in Japan and spend time there. I know because I was one of them. I've been to Japan over 60 times in my career. There will be a time, though, when Will decides he wants to work in his own country I know he's English, but in America, that idea is much more similar to England than Japan. So very interesting comments, and it comes at a very interesting time for Will Ospreay. If you're not aware, he's right now uh, been working a lot in the UK for Ref Pro, as well as for New Japan's American side for New Japan Strong with their world tour around like in Philadelphia is coming up. Uh, They've been in uh, Texas a lot over the last couple of months, and he's been running with this whole gimmick of the real world champion uh, because he lost quote unquote the uh iwgp world heavyweight championship all the way back in may due to uh he had a back injury a neck injury brother brother was never pinned right he didn't lose nothing there you go exactly he was he had to relinquish his title yeah 
Shingo Takagi then became the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And at that time, when he relinquished his title, a lot of speculation was that it wasn't that severe of an injury, and it was more that he wanted to get out of Japan. Japan's been dealing with a lot of setbacks when it comes to the COVID-19 virus. They are mm. still have restricted crowds that can't even cheer for their performers in New Japan. It, it makes kind of like the experience for the G1 kind of hollow most nice because all you hear is the clapping. Although my daughter and son love that because they love clapping along with the sure. with the New Japan crowd, but uh, for for people that are used to you know that get it for AEW and WWE, the screams and the cheers, it's a little bit of a different experience. But they've been dealing with a lot of setbacks there, and I think that Will it seems like Will wanted to get out of there, and that's why he's in New Japan Strong right now. So it would be it's not out of the realm of possibility that he can potentially when his contract expires with new Japan, see other opportunities, whether that be in WWE or like Chris Jericho said one day in AEW. He won't go WWE. Say that for nothing. Every interview I've ever listened to with Will Ospreay tells me that he wouldn't like to go to WWE and be controlled and told what to do and all of this stuff. And by the way, if he takes one look at his good friend, Ricochet, he ain't going to go there. I'm telling you nothing. Um, but alas, the Englishman himself, he's done so great in Japan. He's still only 28. A lot of people don't realize this because Will Ospreay's been around having bangers for years now, but yeah. he's still young, right? Like he's still got his prime ahead of him. He needed to get this neck sorted out. We've known that to be an issue of his for a long time. And it seems like he'd be on the road to recovery now. I don't know how long his deal is with Japan. Um, I and I think the context of what Jericho said, SP3, is just that one day is that right? Yeah, yeah, he said okay. basically one day, he didn't put you know a time limit or what year he believes is going to happen. I, I am under the impression that Will signed a new deal in about 2019 or last year, 2020, that should put him in New Japan up until 2023, and that yeah. might seem seem like a long time but it comes around very fast we're almost done with 2021 we're into 2022 so it can 2023 is not that far off and i think that he would come in at a perfect time he'd be about 27 28 years old at the top of his game he's already teased matches with kenny omega of course chris jericho has wanted to work with him since his time in new japan and yeah. there's a bunch of guys i would love to see him up against whether that be pack so we could finally get a finish to the matches that they had in the uk that went to like time limit draws or ended in no contest um malachi black andrade the list goes on and on of guys that will osprey can deliver classics with i i think will osprey could adjust i don't know how long his like incredible jaw-dropping style can last like that man has had some injuries right like yes and, and it's the same way that kurt angle's career was not the same, but similar in the in the vein that they had neck problems and that ultimately look at where we are with that. Um I I could see Osprey doing it one day. We know that the, the forbidden doors open anyway, and B Priestley's a good example early on of what that could look like for a Japan talent, ironically. Um, because of course she was going back and forth between Japan and then appearing on AW. Like not well, this is when the Forbidden Door wasn't really a thing. She was yeah. just ta a talent on both shows because all you need to do is fly into America for the Wednesday. That's it. Then you're back out, do your stuff in Japan on the weekends, and the cycle continues. And that was something that worked for B, could potentially work for Will. 
if he wanted to go down that, down that route. But again, he's reached the mountaintop in Japan. I'm sure he'd like to go back and have a real run with the title. But, um, you know, he's worked with pretty much everyone. Um, I don't know how how long he'll want to stay in Japan. I don't know. If, I don't think this is imminent, but I could absolutely see Will Ospreay in AEW down the line. If I had to bet on anywhere, in fact, that he would make his permanent home, I would say AEW. As, as you know, once upon a time, I was gagging for him to be in WWE. But I, again, for the things that I... Pointed out earlier, if he speaks to people like Ricochet, looks at what's been used of them and, yeah, just the way NXT's changed as well. I I, I don't think the gateway yeah. is, is as evident for people like Will Ospreay now. Um, so, yeah, it's a shame, but I could see that happening. I just want to touch on a few things since we're talking about a Brit. NXT UK are doing their tapings tonight. They are doing today and tomorrow with the show, uh, the first one of those tapings airing on the 14th of October. I've, uh, being the slimy journalist I am, I've acquired some photos of the place and the the seating area in the BT studio, it's like single chairs distanced. So it's okay. not its not a quote-unquote crowd, you know, like rows or, you know, like well, I was at the O2 or, the, you know, you, you guys were in New York recently. It wasn't like that. This is singularly seated fans. And I believe there's about 75 in the building, roughly at BT Sport Studios. So very cool, at least, that they've got fans back. There's going to be some atmosphere to the matches. And we do know that we're getting Ilya Dragunov and A-Kid, which has got banger slapper written all over it. Um, so, yeah, I I think it's a, it's, a, it's a first step. That's what I would call it. I noted in my report last week when I was talking about WWE coming to the UK, for those who read it, I did note that BT Sport were on the cusp and pushing to get them back in there. I know there was a lot of compromises to be made. It wasn't as easy as you'd imagine. And I remember, and there were people from both sides telling me logistics were a part of the problem. And whether BT Sport becomes the full sale of the UK, not anymore, but what full sale was, um, it's still up in the air. But at the moment, I think this is kind of like a trial run. So hopefully all goes well. Um, the tapings began, I believe, about 5.30. They started letting fans in, so... We'll know more probably at the end of tonight. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I jump into some more news i do want to bring up this sp3 i was listening to kurt angle's podcast earlier i think you might have seen me tweet this out and he said that the best wrestler he ever wrestled was not Shawn michaels he was number two it was chris benoit he said Shawn michaels had the full package with the charisma and presentation and all of that great stuff he was the best in that department but as far as in the ring goes Chris Benoit, number one. A reminder, Kurt Angle was in there with The Rock, with Triple H, with any great wrestler you can pretty much imagine in TNA. There was an amazing stretch with guys like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Like, that, he's been in there with a lot of guys. Unfortunately, never Bret Hart, which is important to remember. Yeah, But uh, he's, he lists Chris Benoit as number one. Now, just from my point of view, SP3, um, strictly talking about the work because, of course, fucking heinous the way Chris Benoit's life ends and those yes. around him. Before all of that, I loved the in-ring work of Chris Benoit. Was a huge fan. Uh, still to this day, I watch. His, I can watch his matches if I'm on a retro binge, and this is so great. He was so great to watch. It, it's it. It makes you mad that you can't love and appreciate his work. Almost obviously. Yeah. It's the it's not the first thing that makes you mad. We know what makes us mad about Chris Benoit, but um, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of guys like Jericho and Angle who kind of refuse to not celebrate him. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, I think it's because they've been in the ring with him, and I would say Jericho and Angle are probably his two greatest rivals, not named Eddie Guerrero, because he had some of his best matches with either one, whether you think about the Jericho-Benoit ladder match from Royal Rumble 2001, which is probably probably the under one of the biggest underrated gems of the Attitude Era, uh, whether you think about Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle at uh, Royal Rumble 2003. Oh, three. Yeah, that, that, is just, that is just Ultimate submission. That That is like an all-time classic that so many, like the independent age of, you know, 2003 through 2010, 2011, they were all based on that match between Benoit and Angle at Royal Rumble 2003. And then, you know, their rivalry in 2001 was also great, underrated gem at WrestleMania 17. So it makes a lot of sense why Kurt Angle, you know, would celebrate his in-ring work. You know, you have to sometimes, you know, some people it's a little bit easier to do some people it's not to separate the man from the performer but when you look at the performer it's totally understandable why Kurt Angle would say that's the best in-ring performer he's ever been in the ring with because that was one of the rare guys that matched him move for move like the rock brought you know a little something extra whether it be his selling or his you know charisma to matches against Kurt Angle him and Stone Cold had great matches but when you talk about work rate that some of Kurt Angle's best matches were against Chris Benoit. 
uh, one of my favorite um, like feuds or series of matches stories in WWE history is Kurt Angle and Benoit, and they become the tag team. Yes. Um, they hate each other. That I, I believe it's SmackDown in Oath is Oath O two in O two O two. I was about to say yeah, 03, because but it is they had, towards the end of O two. They had the match at Unforgiven two thousand two, and then your mo- um, no mercy. They kept they kept going at it. So Stephanie was like, you know what? We're doing the WWE tag team tournament. You guys are tag team partners. And then they had one of the greatest tag team matches of all time. Benoit Edge. and Angle versus Edge and Rey Mysterio. And, Mysterio. and then the SmackDown 6 that, with the Guerreros. That's no, that's no Mercy, right? No Mercy 2002. Yeah, right? that is. Yeah, you're right. 2002. Uh, again, that whole thing, one of my favorites. So yes. uh, I understand where he's coming from. And yes. Here on this show, we will separate the work from the man. Um, listen, this is another thing we need to touch on. I was going to leave it, right? I Yesterday, I caused enough problems saying I didn't like Corey Graves' commentary and people on Twitter going, oh. I saw yeah. everybody, everybody He's was coming it. from my guy, my guy's head. It's like, oh, it's kayfabe. Oh, you know, the oh, rest of the God, get out of here. Get out of here. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. To be fair, here. it's like anything. Like 85% of the people coming in were like, yeah, that's that's a shitty thing to say. And then you get like the small portion of them that were like, oh, you know, it's kayfabe. He's a heel. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thing to say. No commentary. Like, oh, I see um, somebody today was like, oh, um, if it was a commentator at Real Sport, they bury people all the time. Yeah, but they don't work for who they're burying. They're not trying to sell you. I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm not going to go into it anymore. But today, there's another fumble we had to highlight, and I don't like doing this, but those of you that know Sonya Deville was obviously subjected to a horrible, horrible set of circumstances last year where she was being stalked for months on end before the guy eventually broke into her home and threatened her. It was a horrifying experience that caused her to go away from wrestling for a while. And then she was asked this on the bump in relation to Seth Rollins breaking into Edge's home. Sonia, <laughs> from your perspective, how do you deal with something like this? Do you like do you go off what Beth and Edge are thinking in the aftermath of this and kind of react from there? How do you handle it from an official standpoint? Yeah, um, I think it goes without saying that if someone comes in your home uninvited, it's going to be handled. Yep. Uh, if you, yeah, if you come in my house and my significant other's there and I'm not there to protect and defend, uh, we're going to have some issues. Right I yeah. mean, that's the right call. Uh, so, so that was tense, and what the fuck is he doing? Like, what? It, it, do you know what? It sounds like he regrets asking it mid-asking it. Yes, you know what I mean. It's like he realizes, oh man, maybe this wasn't the best play. And the gu- and uh, the guys either side of Sonia, which is Kayla, and uh, is is it Matt Camp? I don't know. Well, I think am I wrong so. with that? I think, I think um, they both look incredibly like what? Uh, it's just it just wasn't a good idea. It just wasn't. I, I, I let me say this: I don't believe he's asked it with any malice or anything like that. No. He's just you know it's a storyline. She's the official, and this guy's overstepped the line. I get it, but it's like he's no he's he's noticed halfway. Like oh man, I shouldn't have said that shit. Ah, this is when keeping a kayfabe goes wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, it's just. 
I don't understand why WWE. Uh, but, but, this but is what... SP3. It's fine because it's kayfabe. And... It, it's kayfabe, oh, though. It's kayfabe, though. Hell. She did just act in her kayfabe, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I know he's probably regretting that he ever asked that question. Uh, and I'm sure that the comments is roasting him on uh, YouTube for even asking that. I saw our, our good friend Jeremy Lambert. Uh, it was just like put out a tweet. How probably, you know, you don't ask uh, Sonya Deville about the edge and uh seth rollins home invasion mm. because she's actually experienced that in real life and knows how it how it is to a and... much worse degree as exactly well. a, very, a very real life dangerous situation unfolding yes. for sonia that has gone through the courts and everything this is not like a little jesus you know this is not like playing games this is not something that you can say oh you know it's just wrestling or whatever this is very very real i don't yeah I don't like it at all. But again, I don't believe that he, you know, he set out. No. I, 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 it sounds to me like he started asking it. The guy's live on a show, I guess. And, and he's he's trying his best to like word it in a way, you know, because you hear him go, you know, that's an official. Like, he's, I thought, oh man, you've, you've already done he it. He tried to get he, around it. Mm, he tried, he tried his best, but mm. just not, not a good decision to say the least. No, to say the least, indeed. Man, we're we're about to run up on this show here, by the way. Um, I just want to note that uh, Dana Brooke did respond to the Corey Graves stuff yesterday. I say Corey Graves stuff. He was probably fed the line. I really don't want this to become like a Corey Graves. Um, to be but... to be fair, to be fair, if we are going to make this a Corey Graves thing, I just I just put out myself that I don't listen to Corey Graves commentary. I tone him out, so I didn't even really get it until people started, you know, taking the clip and saying what he said. And I was just like, yeah, he was probably fed this line, and to allude to someone losing their job is not cool. But I stopped listening to Corey Graves a long time ago. The guy that was one of the best commentators in WWE and NXT, he died a miserable death when uh, he went to Monday Night Raw. So I don't like his main roster commentary, so I don't listen to him. Pat McAfee done took his job already. Oh. Is, the, is, the, is the lead heel commentator and all of this nonsense from Corey Graves. I... I mean, I think I think most people should take my lead and not listen to him on commentary. Yeah, uh, just to let you know in the closing stretch here, we've got about three minutes left. If you want to have your say, ultra chat us, wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Thumbs up, subscribe while you're here. We appreciate you. Um, I love it that Uptown Avondale will never waver in his hatred for Pat McAfee. <laughs> never. He's Since day one, that guy has hated him. Um, yeah, I... Uh, so anyway, Dana Brooke responded basically calling Corey a clown. Yeah. Um, there is like a, a longer statement, but um, as I it say, it probably hurt you to read it because there was a lot of capital letters in it. And it was it was it. very <laughs> difficult to read. It, it really is. Um, <laughs> I implore you guys if you want to go to her Instagram and have a look because damn. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's one of them where, it, like. I understand, like, I mean, there's going to be WWE defenders. There always will be. Um, and, I, and I get what people were... Yeah, I even get the argument, right? Like, oh, you know, it's just been ill. And, but, like, the point is, it just wasn't good. It's like anything we could objectively say in wrestling, where you go, oh, they tried this or do this and that move or this match. This one wasn't a good decision. Um, you know, you're insinuating in this climate where people are losing jobs at a rapid pace in WWE that she's so bad that they should cut their losses and fire her. 
I do not understand what the possible benefit that could be to Dana Brooke furthering herself as a character. It's not helpful to Shayna Baszler, who just whooped her in a squash. What was the point in that case? We should all be beating Dana Brooke in that yeah. in by Corey Gray. Like I, to me, and I'm not going to waver from this opinion. I don't care what anyone has to say. I don't think it was good or productive or helpful. And that's really the goal of being a commentator. Now, far be it from me to tell an actual commentator what their goal is. But, you know, people like JR and that down the years have told us um, that we know the goal is to get the talent over and to sell the show. I don't see how this ticked any boxes. I just thought it was harsh. He could have said what he said without saying cut, cut your losses. And I wouldn't have even bat an eyelid. Yeah. Right? Like, but I, I, that line, mm, not for me, not for me, Sid. I totally understand what you're what you're saying because it wasn't a cool thing to say. And like you said, there should be some type of goal in getting over either the heel. If you're a heel commentator, you should be trying to big her up. Like despite her not being so successful in the ring, she's still a talented performer. So when Shayna Baszler beats her so quickly, she's accomplishing something. This accomplished mm. nothing. So it didn't need to be said. Listen, we're going to finish on a positive note because Tony Khan says, I can tell you right now, I have one huge announcement on the show. It's going to be a lot of fun and it should be really, really good night of wrestling. Wednesday Night Dynamite, two-year anniversary show. SB3, what do we think it is? Do we think it's new titles? I think it is one of the two new titles, either the TBS Championship even though I feel like that might be too soon and that might be something that they debut when we go to TBS in January or the trios championships or good news for you, Alex, the international tour. I think that that might be the thing and it, they might be, you know, you, you, you broke the news with WWE thinking about the uh, pay-per-view next year, but WWE hasn't confirmed that yet. So AEW can jump the gun on them and say they're, they're coming to the UK for a major show. And for them, it's a lot different. You know, UK has always gotten raw and SmackDowns. This would be the first UK AEW dynamite. It doesn't even need to be a pay-per-view. It could just be an episode episode of dynamite that they make a special and the uk fans will be out there in force and will be loud as loud as they were in my home neck of the woods in new york Mm. for grand slam i know you guys will perform well so i think it's one of those three but i'm going to turn this back on you and you know we don't do debates because we don't have that much time but i'm going to put you to the test here what is what is your favorite match from year two of aew dynamite since tonight's the anniversary Oh, Danielson Omega, easy. Yeah, that's easy. Easy. I I, I mean, I I, I, I know that like recency bias is a thing. I I understand that, but I, 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 I did adore it. I did. I'd say it's between Danielson and Omega and Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. It's one or the Uh, other. You you can't, you can't go wrong with either one of those. There's others like Omega and Phoenix, which was great. Uh, The Young Bucks versus Pack and Phoenix was amazing. The Brody Lee tribute match, MJF and Proud and Powerful versus Silver Reynolds and Hangman. Those are all great. But if it's not Rosa and Baker, it's got to be Danielson and Omega. Recency bias be damned. Yeah, that's one of those things. You, you've just hit the nail on the head. Like, if someone was to argue me, no, it's it's one of those matches, and I had the other, I'd say it's fine. Like, we're both right or both wrong. I don't mind. You can't. I could accept defeat on that. Um, but I do think when AEW comes to the UK, 
Craven Cottage is looking like a good bet. The home of Fulham, of course, is a stadium yeah. in London. Um, we do know uh, another news I reported from Tony last year was that Fighter Fest was due to be uh, what we got. We had Moxley and Brian Cage last summer. Yeah. That was meant to be last summer as in 2020. Uh, that was meant to be in London originally before the world went to shit. So, yeah, now hopefully back on the horse. I, I, I Like I said, I'd bet anything that AEW will be in the UK next year. It's just, will it be a tour, a special show? Like, you know, whatever that'll be. Um, who knows? We have a couple of Ultra Chats to finish on here, SP3. Very nice. Uh, Very nice. Christopher Ely thinks, I think Dana Bronx, uh, Dana Bronx, what am I talking about? I think Dana Brooks' response was good. She said, once you entertain clowns, you become a clown. Uh, moving on. And <laughs> no, that's what they said. I'm not saying moving on. Um, that was part of the ultra chat. Uh, and, and it's true. Uh, I I think um, I would love this to lead somewhere, even if it wasn't the original plan, just to, you know, just to give Dana something and, I'd hold my hands up and say, great, great for, you know, great that Dana's getting something here. Uh, that's all we want out of that. Um, I mean, she did entertain the clown by responding to the clown, but I, I understand the the rationale, <laughs> the notion. I get it. I do get it. Uh, we've also got Bo Hill who says, thoughts on the ladder match tonight. I'm glad you asked. Uh, who do you think the Joker is, SB3? I'm going to say. Buddy Matthews, I think that uh, Buddy, because uh, I, because I am one person who I'm, I'm making plans. Already got my hotel. I just need the tickets and the flight Ooh. for full gear, and I want Danielson and Omega two at full gear. So I'm willing to wait a little bit longer for Hangman Page, and I feel now my mind is set with the Hangman Page title change needs to happen on that first episode of Dynamite on TBS in January. And I think that with Omega beating Danielson, it becomes a bigger win for Hangman when he eventually yeah. does win the world title. So I want that. So I think the best move would have someone new come in get a great match with omega whether it be before full gear or after full gear and i feel like buddy matthews we have we already put his plans in in fruition i talked about it monday with set that after he eventually probably does lose to omega for the world title he can be in a tag team with malachi black malachi house black, black house of black versus the lucha bros house of black ah! versus the young bucks house of black versus santana and ortiz house of black versus ftr give me all of those and i feel like that that's a better place for Malachi Black because, you know, he, of course he can go for the TNT championship. Of course he can move up to the world title, but he's going to need a couple of months of building that up. And I feel like the tag team scene needs like a heel force. And I feel like him with Buddy Matthews, he will probably get over more as a heel because right now he's a baby face because every place loves him. But I feel with Matthews, they could probably get heel heat. And they hate Cody. Anyway, thank you very much, SB3, for tonight, my brother. Thank you very much, guys, for tuning in to another edition of Wrestling Daily. We keep going over. We can't help it. Uh, you are appreciated for your Ultra Chats. I'll be back tomorrow with Steph Chase as we talk all things AEW, as I'm sure we will. Uh, and then on Friday, Phil Lindsay and his Grapsity gang, Righteous Reg, uh, Will Washington. They'll be here in the house uh, you'll get to know the newest podcast on Fightful right here on Wrestling Daily. So once again, thank you very much for stopping by here on Wrestling Daily. Bye-bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 